Welcome to Do the Hard Thing, Episode 7. I'm Jason Archer, creator, freedom seeker, leader of self and full-time student, part-time teacher of self-mastery, and today's theme is Forget Halloween. October 1st is more important. So turn up the volume, put down the distractions, and let's kick this off. Now, have you ever started a project that you felt held a great deal of meaning for you, and then for whatever reason you couldn't move toward the outcome you wanted to create? Whether it was a mental, physical, or a spiritual target you sought, it didn't matter. There was some part of you that refused to move. This podcast is born out of that specific idea. Do the Hard Thing is an exploration in human movement. Well, here we are, first day of the fourth quarter of 2017. Many of you may not have thought about the significance of October 1st. In fact, I bet you or someone you know is getting geared up for the 31st when all of North America celebrates Halloween as you listen to this podcast. Halloween spending this year will top $7 billion, with a B, dollars. And here in the States, Americans will spend $350 million on costumes for their pets alone. So while you may have seen turmoil on the cable news, where the whole of the nation is scoured to find every negative aspect of life and present it to you in living color 24 hours a day, the reality is that Americans continue to enjoy one of the highest, if not the highest, standards of living in the world. And they will no doubt enjoy many a pumpkin spice latte while they parade their costume pets around as Halloween draws closer. Now, I love Halloween as much as the next guy. It was and is one of my favorite holidays throughout the year. Yet today I want to stress one fact to you. October 1st is far more important than October 31st. Why? I can hear you asking. Well, simply because it's the first day of the last quarter of the year. Yep, only three more months before 2017 is gone for good and 2018 arrives with a fresh batch of resolutions for you to break. Only three more months to accomplish all the things you set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year. Now, if you've created nothing this year or had no desire to create anything, then to guarantee you continue to fuck up the rest of the year, simply keep doing what you've been doing. I'm not here to motivate you. That's your job. However, for those of you who genuinely desire more, who want to create bigger business, a better relationship, or a greater degree of self-mastery, you'll want to focus closely on each word of the rest of this episode. I'm going to tell you exactly how to create and produce around what it is you want for your life. And before you write this method off as babble and decide that your lot in life is fixed, I will actually give you the name of the man who has done a great deal of documented research around this methodology Uh, which is used by high achievers all over the world, as well as little old me. I'll give you the methods, and you can look into the science if you have doubts. Yet if you do doubt it, I challenge you to prove it wrong. Do the hard thing by putting it to the test. So let's take this from the top. Now, everyone I know seems to at least have some sort of a fuzzy idea of a goal, something they desire to manifest in their lives. It could be a relationship, a better job, a better body, business, or even something like a greater connection to a higher power. It doesn't really matter what it is. The fact that you want to create it is what's important. So maybe you're thinking, you know, what the hell does this have to do with October 1st, Halloween, or quarters? To which I say, patience, gentle listener. It is coming. So starting with your goals or targets, we'll work backward into the importance of October 1st. And the first item to consider is this. What is the explicit version 
of what it is that you want to create. Having a fuzzy idea isn't good enough. If you don't have a clear picture in your mind of what you want to create, it's very difficult to reverse engineer the steps necessary to get there because getting there could mean a bunch of different things. So I'm going to give you an example from my personal life, and I'm going to use a goal my wife and I set in January of this year. Each January, we get together and we set targets for what we want to create for the year. And this is part of a larger scheme of goal setting that we do each year that basically involves us creating a cash flow lifestyle. So as we looked at our finances and investments, we set a goal to acquire a new rental property and a new personal residence. The plan was to find a home we could move into that was at least 2,000 square feet, had space for friends and family to come and stay with us, had the potential to be a place we could make our own, and be a step up in terms of being closer to the mountain preserve here in Anthem, Arizona. Once we acquired this property, we could then move out of our current home in Anthem and turn it into a cash flow rental. Keywords cash flow rental. All this is due for completion by the end of 2017. Now that's the explicit goal. The explicit goal was set. Here's the first problem we encountered. That being the fact that the property we wanted had not yet been identified, we had zero money for a down payment and no idea at the time how we would acquire it. The idea of this new home was distal. It was far out. It was a year out. It's incredibly hard to have any emotion and drive or connection to something that's so far out. So the focus on the distal aspect of a goal is why so many of us fail to get there. It's too far out. So far out that it may feel almost like a like a hope, something that you you know, desire, but it's more of a dream so far that it can seem unattainable. And if it's unattainable, then your mind isn't going to help you get there. So how do we make the distal goal a proximal or near-term concern? That's the real question. We have to find a way to break the big idea down into pieces. We need to chunk the task. And the easiest way to break the year up is by quarter, three-month increments that you can then use to track your progress. The first quarter for us, in this particular scenario, was about deciding on how best to raise the money for a down payment. We had to start looking at different options. We looked at another property we owned in Calgary and realized that the rents it would bring after paying the mortgage and the insanely high property tax that Canada charges would at best break even, assuming it could be rented all year. And at break even, of course, any vacancy would mean taking a financial loss. So we then looked at selling it. We discovered that by selling it, we would net enough cash at close to have a down payment for the new place here in Anthem and still have some money left over to do any renovations we wanted. By doing this, we would get rid of a net loss property in Calgary, acquire a new property that fit our vision here in Anthem, and acquire a net cash flow rental by leasing the property we already had in Anthem. So the proximal activity for Q1 centered around deciding on how we would raise the capital for the new place. And that was the sole focus day in and day out until we identified a path. That led us into Q2 with a new proximal goal. We now had to sell the property in Calgary in a very soft market. Calgary itself has experienced a great deal of financial trouble since the price of oil fell back below $50 a barrel. Nearly 100,000 people have lost their jobs. It's not really a hotbed of real estate activity at the moment. And businesses, and as businesses closed, and Calgary boasted uh, the highest rate of commercial real estate vacancies in the world, there wasn't a whole lot of money flowing into new property. 
Yet putting all our focus on dressing up the house that we had and taking care of little cosmetic fixes led us to getting the property to show really well. And the fact that the basement was suited and had a paying tenant in the basement covering you know, more than half the mortgage each month made our higher than market asking price palatable for a young woman who wanted to be in that specific neighborhood. Q2 was all about getting these fixes done, the home listed and ready for sale. So knowing that we had such a short time to take care of all this kept us focused on the task at hand and we did sell the house at the end of the quarter, giving us the down payment we would need. Now going into Q3, we had identified a home we wanted to purchase that was exactly the size we wanted. It was located in an area that we sought and there again, the proximal focus became acquiring it, the near-term focus. It, too, created many challenges. I was able to get the home under contract fairly easily. Uh, it was, in fact, a short sale, though, meaning that the bank owned the property, and the time required to get the deal done would be greatly extended. The paperwork would be monstrous. The follow-ups would be early and often. And... Just dealing with agents who really don't have the ability to make decisions is a very difficult position because it takes control out of the hands of us as a buyer. So it took us almost exactly three months to close. However, close we finally did on September 29th, literally two days ago from the time I'm recording this podcast, leaving us exactly one day left in Q3. We finalized just under the wire and we did hit the target of getting that property. Now this of course brings us into Q4, October 1st, 2017. Today I've been lining up help with the remodel, looking at material costs, scheduling services, getting my property manager all he needs to get the current property rent ready, and on the market for November 1st availability. This quarter is our last opportunity to fully hit and take out this goal. Now we have less than three months to do a full remodel in the new place, move, rent the old place at a profit, and do all this with the three most important holidays of the year happening right in line with one another. You got Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, which all take up significant amounts of time. So yes, my friends, October 1st is an important day, year in and year out every year. As are all the other quarters of the year, these are major signposts in where you are and what you're tracking toward for your annual progress. Remember, the distal versus the proximal in your goal setting. Maybe you set some goals at the beginning of the year for what you wanted and have completely allowed them to fall by the wayside. Or maybe life happened and you're off your game for one reason or another. Or maybe you just created a distal goal out there somewhere in the ether that just became more of a hope than something you were really striving for. You have to remember to chunk these big goals into smaller parts and tackle them on a more near-term basis to make them real. This is the importance of the quarters and why I'm driving this home. Now, some of you have probably already known where I'm going with this. Quarterly targets are great to track toward, yet even that can be too distal at times. So remember, your quarters will break down into 13-week intervals. Your weeks will break down into 7-day increments, which further break down into, of course, 24 hours. In focusing on the proximal, the near term that you can control, you need to decide what you will do each day that will create consistency toward your desired outcome. Focus on what is right in front of you to create the long-term goal. The daily grind that results in what you want is you making you do the hard thing. 
You may be hearing this after October 1st. That's totally okay. Take 20 minutes somewhere quiet, away from a screen, and sit down and decide how you're going to finish the year. Finish strong, right? Maybe you want to lose 20 pounds by the end of the year. There's no better way to finish strong than to create a win for yourself by going into 28 with something you've just accomplished. So if that were your goal, to hit that Q4 goal, you'd need to lose roughly 7 pounds a month, or just shy of 2 pounds per week. So if that's you, what you'd want to do is get on the scale and subtract 2 pounds, set that as your goal for this week. Then starting as soon as possible, set a daily activity goal and a daily eating goal. And no matter what, hit those daily goals. Maybe you walk two miles a day and you cut out all processed food. If you do that tomorrow, of course, nobody's going to give a shit and you're going to remain exactly where you are. But if you do that every day for the next 13 weeks, you'll have done something few humans will ever do. And that is create consistency. That is step into your own power. Now the proximal goals are your consistency. They are the bridge between what you want for yourself in the future and the now. The question is, will you do the hard thing daily or will you let yourself fail because of, quote, insert your favorite reason here, end quote. Consistency is you smashing your goals with a hammer fist straight out of a kung fu flick. Do that and each day you'll get closer to what it is you want. Now, if you doubt the science, look up Dr. Albert Bandura's research. It's certainly worth your time. In fact, all of his, all of this, I should say, has a basis in human psychology. And I'd highly encourage you to listen to Dr. Bandura's interview on the Finding Mastery podcast. At 91 years young, you can definitely learn a few things from this guy. That's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this message, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google, CastBox, or Stitcher. Share this with those you know need to hear it on social, and I'll see you back here in the next episode. This is Jason Archer signing off. Now go and do the hard thing.